And not just Washington, D.C., but National Harbor. Oh, yeah. Technically just outside of D.C. We got the NLCS going on right now, Trista. We got Monday Night Football in about, about an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. There's Christian McCaffrey walking in. All, look oh, at yeah. I mean, Dude. Christian McCaffrey props. There you go. He has. Okay. Let's this is, set this the is scene. your This is your let's moment. Describe the, the outfit. Here we go. You know what time it was. It was our very first show. Yeah. And it was a Niner game. Yes. It was Debo Samuel That's wearing right. the Kyle Shanahan t-shirt. Yeah. Here we go, baby. I am one for one with Ashu in Niner games <laughs> evaluating wardrobes for prop moves. Now, you may say to yourself, Trista, Christian McCaffrey dealing with an oblique issue. Mm-hmm. I was He's banged that. I was up. That. Should I take his props? Should we go and think about him? But this is what happened, folks. He shows up in a black leather, probably never been worn jacket in his life, black beanie. It's murder. It's oh, time for man. a funeral. Ashu. He's ready. He's going off. He's ready. Attempts. Running. All this. Anytime touchdown. Continue the streak. CMC. You got to take him. I was very reluctant, but now I'm back on board. You have to. And this is the big thing, right? You got to watch these guys coming into the stadium. You can tell. You can see it in their eyes. You can oh, see it yeah. in their outfit. Sometimes that's all that it is. Like Dion once said, right? Look good, feel good, play good. Well, you don't show up to a game in a leather jacket with a torn oblique muscle, wherever it is, mm-hmm. if you're not going crazy, if you're not about your business. Oh, To go meek and mild. Question. Leather doesn't s- scream meek and mild. It screams, <laughs> I'm going to F you up. No, it doesn't at all. So this is a guy right here, which I'm already on a couple of his props, so I feel good about it. Probably even just going to be maybe dabbling a little bit more because, you know, we don't have to worry about right here where we're located. Uh, live betting opportunities. Uh, don't have to worry about going to the parking lot for that. And that's one of the best things. Debo Samuel out tonight. Uh, Trent Williams out tonight. Dre Greenlaw is going to play. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to play with that oblique as well. We also have, I mean, surprising right now in the NLCS, Trista. Cardinals up, or Cardinals, good God. The Diamondbacks up 4-1 on the Phillies in the top of the fifth right now. Merrill Kelly, who has been an up-and-down pitcher throughout the season. We know last time he was out, got rocked. I took every, faded him the entire way through. Looks good. Four innings, three hits, just one earned run, and six strikeouts with the Diamondbacks up 4-1 now. This is fun. I want to see a game seven, which is what we're going to see unless something crazy happens in the rest of this game. Yeah. It's been a very, very fun postseason. You now have the Astros back into the mix. Phillies, we also want a rematch, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind the, the Diamondbacks playing the Rangers. I would not mind that at all. Yeah, I, I think the only thing for me, like if I'm just going to look at this, like betting's one thing, there's a whole other avenue there, but if you're just looking for a series with a lot of star power, I know Major League Baseball would love Astros-Phillies. Thousand percent. I mean, without question. The one thing that I will say about this game is we've learned that we can never count out the Phillies because they can hit dingers any t- I mean, it is just one after the other after the other with them. I'm with you. Rob I've- Brown would say too many dingers. Too many dingers, perhaps. Too many. And you know what? I get why he says that, but he's also a very angry Braves fan. So, you know. It, it's, it's, it's sad when you, when you end up having this type of season that the Braves did where we were talking about this being a historically good mm-hmm. offense and then you lose to the Phillies again. Yeah, as a yeah. fan, you've got to be a little salty about it. I mean, listen, I – Year after year, it's like Phillies, Braves, those are two teams that spend all this money, have all this talent, and then they just flame out in the playoffs. The Phillies are a team, this is the second year in a row, where they've 
struggled at the beginning of the year. A little, you know, injuries obviously were a part of it this year. Trey Turner was struggling. Bryce Harper was hurt. You can go down the list. But they got hot at the right time now. So you have all this confidence. It's really a star-studded roster. Like, there's a lot there in Philly. And if you do like them, they're plus 375 on the money line right now. I mean, anything's possible in this series. But it's very clear that the Diamondbacks playing with really nothing to lose. Nobody expected them to get this far. They're that kind of Cinderella team right now. For them to be in this position, up 4-1, down 3-2 in the series and facing elimination, shows that they're playing loose, they're playing comfortable, which is a very dangerous thing if you're the Phillies because this then, when it goes to a Game 7, if this goes to a Game 7, right now it looks like that's the case, the pressure is always on the favorite. And the Phillies are the team that is not only the favorite, but the team that you look at that has much higher expectations than where the Diamondbacks are. Well, we didn't even mention, because I forgot about him, but I knew he was there. Reese Hoskins went down pretty much for the yes. year in the beginning, yeah. uh, pretty much the off season, And now he could be back for the postseason. Ooh, Base running could be the them. last obstacle for Reese Hoskins. He was incredible in the postseason mm. last year. And so that adds to another layer of why the Phillies started off slow. You have him out for the year. You've got Bryce Harper injured, Trey Turner slumping. So you had a team that was obviously championship caliber quality in terms of getting uh, to the end of it, and and then you have all these injuries. So, yeah, he could be back. If they win Jeez. Game 7 and he's back for the World Series, Man. boy, oh, boy, will that be fun. I, I know. So, uh, as for that, of course, we got a Week 7 wrapping up after tonight, Monday Night Football. This weekend was rough, Trista. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, this yeah. is my first losing weekend in the NFL. It's been a good start. Public in general has really had a good start to the NFL season. They have. There are games. There are performances. There are players' numbers and just what you saw on the field that made absolutely no sense on Sunday. Yeah, you say this, and I was wondering this today, actually, as I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, was did, did this outcome happen because the public was on these bets 80%? How does Vegas know? And the first six weeks five weeks of an NFL season can be very public. That's why a mm -hmm. lot of casual bettors make their money in the first five yep. weeks of a college football season, of an NFL season, yeah. and then the chickens come home to roost. I think it was like every single bet, every single side at least, that was over 60% of the public was on that side lost. Every single one. There are even the dog, even the trendy dogs. I mean, even something as simple as Colts-Browns, which the total went from about 41 to 39 and a half, give or take. It was around that range as it fluctuated throughout the week. That game went over at halftime. Amari Cooper was also non-existent. The Browns put up 39 points, and Amari Cooper did nothing. Yes, I had the over on Amari Cooper's receiving yards. That's part of the reason why I'm so damn frustrated with no it. No wonder. But you have that, and then you have the Patriots, which we've talked about for weeks on this show, right? Are the Patriots dead? Yeah, they got to be dead. I haven't wanted to write them off because I still want to kind of buy into the Bill Belichick finds a way. But finally this week I was like, man, I'm, I'm fading. The, I'm done with the Patriots. That's it. It's over. I even got a little risky. I even got a little brave, got a little cocky. And I, I took an alternate spread for the hell of it. I was like, why not? I took Bill's minus 27 and a half. I was, I was being a complete ass. But you thought like, okay, looking at what the Patriots have looked like the last few weeks, there's a chance that the Bills go in and blow them out of the water because it means something to them because they used to be little brother and now they've started to beat the Patriots year after year. We're watching the highlights right now on the pregame show before Monday Night Football and it's like, you just go, you have that Josh Allen throwing a pick right away and then that's it. Like, they looked like a team. This is what we get with the Bills. It's a roller coaster, up and down, week by week. You don't know what type of team you're going to get. 
No, you don't. I think maybe we've got to get to a place where the Bills might this year just be a mediocre team. Mm -hmm. We've seen even wins not look great. For them, and obviously defensively, they end up losing multiple dudes. Trey White White goes down. Uh, You've got Matt Milano down. And so, yeah, it's one of those teams where you want them to be better than they are, and, and that's a very disappointing you know, divisional rivalry game that they lose. I thought what was really fascinating, though, and I bet you were surprised as much as me, is the Ravens as a yep. as a three-point favorite yeah. beating the Lions' ass. And it wasn't even like, okay, the Ravens had <laughs> no. a couple of pick sixes or the Lions fumbled on the goal line no. or, or anything like that for the, on their own goal line, right? No, it was just a comprehensive ass beating Lamar was awesome that offense is finally humming Odell Beckham finally healthy the Lions just couldn't get a damn thing going only six points then you've got the Steelers Mm -hmm. beating the Rams I mean I lost I'm done like I think I'm done for a while I think whatever you're right back in it tonight this is what we call the wave this is what we call the wave where you're not sure what to do because your instinct football wise is to take a team like Seattle Minus, what was it, nine, eight and a half? I think I stayed away from that. But we'll call it Rams, Rams minus three. I was on Rams minus three, yep. Your instinct, football, at the crib, Steelers stink. I even went on CBS Sports Radio and I said I knew the bet was dead when they clipped my video, my audio of that interview, and I Mm -hmm. said – the Steelers are maybe one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Oh, they are terrible. No. So this it's their team fault. They is trash. You. And they put it up, and I was like, well, that obviously is not going to hit now. <laughs> Rams end up losing by a touchdown at the crib. Oh, Matt Stafford throws a pick as per usual, right? Uh, my Cooper Cup prop, I don't believe oh, hits. No, I, I mean, nope. he had 29 yards 20, receiving, yep, so I promise nope, it, it wasn't 91 and a half. I just stopped y- looking at you the, and me both. Uh, my bet slip. And you know what? It's funny. This was the first weekend where I really was just like, I'm done. Like, I don't. I don't want to look at anything else. I'm over it. I mean, there was a little bit in Sunday night that kind of got me back. But, like, for the most part, you watch this and you just go, oh, this, this, was, this was one of those weekends. These are, these are the days where Ryan is just, like, thinks he's the smartest guy in the world. Because you know Ryan was on all the opposite things. I think he was on the Falcons. I think he was on Patriots, too. He was on Patriots. He was on Broncos. He was on all the things when you look at him and he's telling you this you know, whatever, Friday night, you're like, okay, Ryan, I'll see it. We'll see how that happens. Make the case for me. How does it happen? And it's like, I don't know. All I know is that the public is 80% of them are on uh, on the other side, and so I've got to fade them. He loves to fade the public, but he will also admit himself, sometimes the NFL kicks him in the ass. How about the Bears, you know? too? Beating, yeah. Oh, I almost cussed. Beating uh. the hell out of the Raiders. <laughs> It was, and again, that was that was a stay away for me, just because I don't know what you're getting from a Division two quarterback yes. making his first NFL start. Pretty good. So yeah, I mean he did, and it's one of those like that's that's the NFL sometimes. I'll say this though, big bounce back game for the Eagles last night. Huge. You watch that and go, they look good. Here's the difference between the Dolphins and the Eagles. The Eagles are not only much better defensively, but they're a physical team, and physical teams in the NFL, especially once you get to the playoffs, they always have the advantage over a finesse team like the Dolphins. Well, and the thing that I find to be interesting is a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, the Eagles beat that ass. Mm-hmm. It was a really close game all the way until the end. Yeah. It yeah. was a two interception in the red zone, 
and then a score, and now it's 31-17 instead of 24-24, we're going to overtime. And that's what it would have been. So, I mean, that was a very fun, exciting, mm -hmm. high-scoring game. Well, high-ish scoring, right? Yet it still went under, and though. And it still went under. Right. When you get 31 out of the Eagles, you're not expecting to get 17 out of the Dolphins. No. But congratulations to the Eagles. They're, they're really for real. And by the way, the rich get richer. They traded for Kevin Byard today. I the saw safety that. From the Titans. Like, are you kidding me? I, how listen, come my Cowboys couldn't do that? I, why how, why how, wouldn't we do that? Howie Roseman deserves a statue built outside of their stadium. We'll give now. you Leighton Vander Esch. How about that? <laughs> we'll give you instead, instead of Terrell Edmonds, we'll give you Leighton Vander Esch. And it's, you know, listen, the Eagles have certainly had the issues with injuries in their secondary to start the year. It's been banged up. You're now adding to that. And, look, we watch a game where you're getting multiple turnovers again from Jalen Hurts, which that's a problem. He's not taking care of the football the way that he did last year. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Dak Prescott in the way that he's looked this year where you got the big boom moments, but mm -hmm. you've also got the head-scratching turnovers where that can be a concern for them. But if they bolster their defense and continue to do it the way that they are, I mean, look, the Eagles then have proven they can slow down the most dynamic offense in the NFL with what they did against the Dolphins. Yeah, they can, and I think they're legit. They're as legit as we thought that they were coming into the season. They gave us some moments where we were less than encouraged, but I think that they've kind of found a little bit of a groove, right? 279 yards, mm -hmm. two touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, didn't have to do a ton, gave the ball to DeAndre Swift 15 times, which is what we said they needed to do to keep the ball out of Tua's hands. You know, A.J. Brown continues to be a legit number one where I don't know if Devontae Smith is going to be able to do what he did last year at the end of the year because A.J. Brown has demanded the ball. He has demanded to get, you know, 12, 13 targets a game. Yeah. Yeah. And it is what it but is. But you know how you watch and Goddard it, played really well, too. He Like, A.J. Brown looks like a one. Devontae yeah. Smith looks like a number two, like a good receiver. But you're right. There's sometimes the best of the best demand the ball. They get the ball, and they take advantage of those targets. And you're seeing that from A.J. Brown. And that's going to be the one thing. I mean, that connection with him and Jalen Hurts is going to be the most important thing on the offensive side there. Jalen Hurts, I mean, we look at these turnovers, he's got 10 total turnovers already this year. Desmond Ritter is the only quarterback in the NFL that has more. That's a major problem That's for them. A, Yeah, you don't want that, especially if you're going up against a team like the Chiefs, which mm -hmm. the Chiefs last night or yesterday looked so good in terms yeah. of their secondary going up against Justin Herbert. He couldn't get anything mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see kind of like – there are certain teams where they're almost – I'm not even going to say that they're regressing, but they're in a spot where maybe they're leveling out. The Chargers in the current construction, whether it's coaching staff, roster, all of it, leveling out. I mean, they're 2-4 and four now, so it's more than just leveling out. If anything, they've regressed. But you're watching a defense that's not consistent. You're watching Justin Herbert struggle a little bit more now too. You know, you get to this point where maybe the Bills are what they are. Maybe the Chargers are what they are. A lot of talent, not putting the whole thing together. Just kinda, so, uh, yeah, just kind of – they're meh. And no, a lot of teams are meh. Now, granted, most good teams in the NFL go through ups and downs. The question becomes, how do you rebound from that? And that's the big difference. All right, we'll talk to Brad Evans next. We're an hour oh, yes. away from kickoff. It's BetMGM Tonight. Terrell Edmonds, though, uh, yeah. last week had, had nine uh, either tackles or assists. Eight yep. solo tackles. So it's not like they... Titans got nothing. This is true. This is true. But, you know, you, you, know, you just watch certain teams, and you, you sit back, and you're envious, and you go, I wish my team was run like that. 
I, I agree. I, I was hoping for someone in the secondary for my team. You as well. You're even worse than us. Oh, Trista, I don't even want to talk about what happened to my commanders on Sunday. You let Tyrod Taylor shred you up. <laughs> hey, hey. Shred Ty you up. You know what? Tyrod Taylor might be an upgrade over Daniel Jones. I think that's maybe no. right. But here's the thing. I was talking to my dad about this yesterday because, of course, we have to do the postmortem after every game and FaceTime. Do you really? And, yeah, oh, yeah. We always oh, talk that's about that's I mean, that's content. You should fill, You should put that on the internet. It's not a bad idea. I I'd might like to it. see that. I might, I might actually do that next week. But he was just like, I was trying to convince him that losing is okay because we want the coaching staff and everything wiped out in a fresh start. He's like, well, I'm glad you're seeing it that way, but I'm tired of every year. I've seen it for 20 years. I'm like, yeah, that's true because you've actually seen the good years. I'm used to them always just being terrible. My generation only knows bad Redskins football team commanders, so, like, I'm just kind of used to it. I look at it as new ownership. Everything can be different. Man, that was awful. That offensive line is – they might be the worst in the history of the NFL. It might be that bad. It's – I mean, jo Jonathan Allen coming out and being like <sighs> – it's been the same for seven, seven years, seven effing years. And he's right. Losing to the damn Giants every year. The Giants always, and the Daniel Jones looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback, or Tyrod Taylor looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback. All right, let's bring on our buddy Brad Evans, co-host, live on the line, and we know he's probably caffeinated up. Might be a couple shots of tequila getting ready for the game. Uh, first off, though, we did this uh, in the first segment, Brad, and we watched Christian McCaffrey walk into the stadium we're in all black, black leather jacket, sunglasses. He looks ready to go. He is in today. He is going to play. I can imagine you've got at least one or two, maybe ten Christian McCaffrey props. Any worries whatsoever about that oblique injury? Because I'll tell you this, what I saw, hell no. He's ready to go. Yeah, man, I'm not uh, all that concerned about it. Uh, he was training in the right direction all week long, and you know they got injections uh, for stuff like that uh, where he can't feel any pain over a three, four-hour game if necessary. So, I mean, obviously what you got to play here is CMC as a leg somewhere on SGP for any time touchdown. I mean, that's all the guy does. Uh, I think the, the streak is now, what, 13, 14 games consecutively that he has scored. Obviously, he has scored – in every single contest so far this season. And it's not like Minnesota is all that intimidating on paper defensively. This is a middle-of-the-pack, largely vanilla, wildly mediocre run defense indicative in the number 17 standing in EPA run D on the season. So, uh, you know, if San Francisco is going to move the ball, and I think they're going to do so, quite frequently in this game they're going to get some goal to go opportunities and you know the cmc football factory <laughs> is gonna not make you sweat because he's gonna punch it in and so i love him again as a singular leg in an sgp because if you just wager simply on any time touchdown they really have to slap the wall with the juice nearing minus 200 right now at bet mgm so you're saying that fiance of christian mccaffrey Olivia Culpo is going to have to have to wait some things out while uh, the pain is starting to come back from those injections. Is that what you're saying, Brad? Yeah, man. Uh, they have certain devices that can help with her needs. So, yeah, why not? Oh, my goodness. This is how you start a Monday. This is what I signed up for. Let's, let's talk Love about it. the day after National Tight End Day. I want to get your thoughts on George Kittle. I feel like the matchup is great against a yeah. Vikings defense that allows a lot in the middle. They're very blitz heavy. Uh, I like him rece receiving yards and receptions. What say you? Oh, contraire, mon frere. I actually am taking the under on receiving yards. Ooh, or not. I think show that, bet. The catches. 
Yeah, the catches may be there, but at 47 and a half, I grab that under because they look at the history of what the Vikings have done to plus size targets this season. Travis Kelsey's the only one to go over uh, the necessary threshold, and it took a monster amount of targets for him to get there, and he still finished with just 67 yards. Entering the week, uh, Minnesota had allowed the four fewest total yards receiving to the tight end position. Uh, I know they have their shortcomings. I, I know that they have their holes uh, defensively, as I've already outlined, but decent against the pass, 6.95 YPA. Uh, Dallas Goddard was limited to just uh, 22 with double deuce in the box score through the air versus this defense. And you look at Kittle. Is he going to be more line tied? Now, if uh, CMC was not in the lineup, I would say, all right, I would take the over on that uh, receiving yards prop. But with McCaffrey now in the lineup and likely to get his full complement of touches, I think Kittle's going to be, again, line tied in this game. He's been under in four or six. He's only seen 4.2 targets per game. And a guy, too, who is uh, really kind of a paltry number 13 and total yak. Uh, given his special set of skills. So, yeah, I like the under on George Kittle yards, but maybe we'll hit with reception just in snack size doses. Well, that may be because we didn't see George Kittle showing up with a leather jacket, so that may be the sign right there. You wear a leather jacket, you yeah. feel more confident. Uh, Brock Purdy completed just 44% of his passes last week. Worst game of his professional career. Small resume, obviously, but through that pick, hasn't thrown an interception all year. Is this Vikings defense a great spot for him to have a bounce-back game? Yeah, I took the overall on one-and-a-half passing touchdowns, and I grabbed it at even Steven Juice plus 100 at BetMGM a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, I think Purdy's going to find the end zone not once but twice. He is number eight in total red zone attempts among NFL signal callers entering week seven, and a guy that is top five in red zone completion percentage. He's at the bullseye frequently this year, and when he got to, you know, George Kittle, Obviously, you had that hat trick of touchdowns a couple of games ago. Uh, you got uh, Christian McCaffrey can check down, too. can take it to the house. And Brandon IU guys, I think, is going to have a monster game yes. tonight with no yeah, Debo Samuel in uniform. Out with that uh, shoulder fracture, that's 5.3 targets per game up for grabs. And Ayuk is one of the great field stretchers in the game, uh, evidenced by his 18-plus yards per reception, his astronomical ADOT, which stands for average depth of target. Uh, he's only got a couple touchdowns this year, but I think one of those end zone strikes from the hand of ain't he so purdy uh, will twirl in the direction oh of one Brandon Ayuk, and I think he'll find another touchdown somewhere else as well. That'd be erotic, actually. Hey, Brad, does the absence of Trent <laughs> Williams concern you at all, though? Like, does that kind of factor into it, whether it comes to Brock Purdy or any of the other things, just in terms of that offense? Because we obviously know, I mean, this is one of the all-time great left tackles. Yeah, it does, because Minnesota is a team that loves to get after you aggressively and try to collapse and dirty up some pockets. They're inside the top 10 in the NFL and pressure percentage. Uh, so that is a worry. That is a concern. Uh, but Purdy is, is a guy that reads and reacts beautifully. And again, when you have the ultimate check down weapon and Christian McCaffrey to dump the ball off to, he could go out there on just one good leg. It doesn't matter. Uh, or, you know, they could remove his oblique and he could still go for a sizable gain in the end and take it to the house. So uh, I'm not too worried given the personnel on staff and given uh, Brock Purdy's uh, really his headiness uh, when it comes to, again, to reading reacting some of those heavy blitz packages coming in his general direction. I'm curious your thoughts on the running back situation in Minnesota. Alexander Madison, the reason that Vikings 
traded for Cam Akers is because Madison wasn't very good in the beginning of the year. He's gotten a lot better. He's getting the work at least two out of the last three games, 18 attempts against the Bears, 17 against the Panthers, only eight against the Chiefs. Like, What should we expect from Madison tonight? A couple of bets I do like on Alexander Madison, and clearly I'm doing this for Dolly. I know it's a different uh, spelling, but uh, the history nerd in me cannot resist that kind of reference. I will say this, guys. Uh, I'm going to take the over on 11.5 rush attempts for Alexander Madison. Yeah. I have it as uh, one of the legs in my SGP, and I got like five of them tonight, to be honest with you. But 11.5 I think is too low because Minnesota is going to be competitive. I think this is going to be a one-score game. What that score will be is going to be three-point variety. Is it going to be a touchdown, extra point? Hell, is it going to be a safety difference? Uh, definitely on the table. So knowing that, I don't think they're going to get blitzed out of their own house. So skull, skull, skull. I think they're going to be uh, there to the bitter end. And that leans into Alexander Madison. Then getting the ball to the belly at least a dozen times in this game. I also like him on the over 19 and a half receiving yards, which he has hit in three straight games, uh, seeing a sizable 6.5 routes run per game, uh, 12th highest among uh, NFL running backs entering week seven, 5.8 yards per reception. That's it. But San Francisco allowing. 5.8 receptions per game, 33 and a half receiving yards per game just to the running back position, and five RBs have reached at least 20 yards through the air versus the goal panners. Uh, so in the end, I think Madison over on rush attempts, 11 and a half, and over on receiving yards, 19 and a half. Those are two plays I find damn near attractive. Talking to Brad Evans, BetMGM tonight, uh, this was not the best weekend for the public. I mean, there were a lot of, whether it's individual performances or games that just either made no sense whatsoever or just at least left you scratching your head. What stood out to you the most from what we saw Sunday? Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, just laying an ostrich-sized egg against the New England Patriots. That one, uh, you know, had me kind of doing a double-take, triple-take, and I'm sure the McRib uh, was quite tasty post-game for Bill Belichick at his local uh, Mickey D's if he made another run uh, for the Golden Arches uh, in celebration. I didn't remotely see that coming. Uh, Mac Jones, largely a train wreck this year. It seemed like he was on very thin ice, played extraordinarily well. And I think the biggest takeaway is this. Uh, the advanced analytics still po uh, paint a rosy picture for the Buffalo Bills uh, in a resurrection, and they could easily turn things around. Three of the next four games uh, are in western New York against Tampa. Uh, then they're on the road at Cincinnati, and then they come back against the Woeful Broncos, and they get the Jets. But defensively, guys, uh, there are so many leaks on this roster right now. No amount of flex seal, I think, could uh, really plug a lot of those holes. It's going to keep gushing and gushing and gushing, whether defending the run or the back end, the pass. To me, that is the biggest area of worry. If I'm a Buffalo Bills investor or enthusiast, this team, guys, ultimately could be on the outside looking in come playoff time. And take it from me, you can't even file a homeowner's claim when you get water inside your house. It's, they just basically call it groundwater, Brad. So, you know, that's, uh, that's just one of those things. I'm curious your thoughts about the Ravens because we knew Todd Munkin was going to be installing a new offense. Greg Roman was terrible. And then you wondered whether that was going to really change things for the first four or five weeks. It hasn't looked good. Now, OBJ finally healthy. And boy, oh boy, do the Ravens look like a whole different team. Are they a real contender to you? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely are. I mean, maybe for the not for the entire shebang, the whole enchilada, but they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're going to make some noise, may win a game, possibly two in the postseason. Defensively, they've been outstanding all year. Uh, if you're a numbers nerd like I am, looking at all the advanced analytics and metrics that are out there, they're top five. And EPA per play pass defense, run defense, total defense, or get it done across the board. Uh, and you're right. I, I think really uh, the biggest player that has been so extraordinarily good for them uh, outside of Lamar Jackson, and of course we knew where Mark Andrews is going to bring the table, but Zay Flowers has been quite the rookie sensation this year, uh, doing a lot of the dirty work, getting some chunk gains. He had a 30-plus yard reception on Sunday. Uh, he's going to continue to put up crooked numbers in the scoreboard. If that is the case, it's going to help out the OBJs of the world. It's going to help out Nelson Aguilar, had a, a touchdown reception who's operating pretty damn well and consistently out of the slot. And some of those related and ancillary players for Lamar Jackson to throw to him. Of course, he's still getting it done on the ground. One of the ultimate scoring duelists that are out there. So, yeah, guys, very balanced squad. I think at running back. Uh, you know, they're not as strong as they could be because the bus had a monster game on Sunday, too, which is an encouraging good, sign. So Too good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. I mean, he was he was flattening over dudes, uh, no doubt about it, and helped me out in my 14-team fantasy league, giving the six teams on by. So thank you. God said words. I owe you a million. Brad, still got about a minute or so here. Eagles beat the Dolphins by two touchdowns in Sunday night football, but you also have – two turnovers from Jalen Hurts again. After that game, did you feel a little better about the Eagles or still maybe a little more concerned after what we've seen with, I guess you could say, a, a lot of turnover issues with Jalen Hurts? Yeah, uh, there are some turnover issues there. And, you know, he's kind of uh, going through the motions right now and, um, you know, learning through the process. But still a guy that's getting it done, whether with the brotherly shoves. And it's still a legal play right now. Everybody shut up about trying to outlaw it. Thank They're getting away with it. It's effective. I'm thoroughly uh, enjoying watching that. And they cannot be stopped. Uh, it is the uh, most successful run play, I think, in all of professional football. Uh, if you can't beat him, join him. I'll run your own brotherly shove and see how it goes. And some teams are doing that with market success. But you look at Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, a guy that's, you know, he, he's going to have some mistakes here and there. But when he got A.J. Brown, when he got Devonta Smith, when he got Dallas Goddard, who's gotten more heavily involved and certainly straight out of the gate was last night. And DeAndre Swift as well, uh, who's an excellent check down weapon or on design screens. Uh, they're loaded, and you have arguably with the best offensive line, if not, you know, at least a top three offensive line in the league. Oh, and you make a big trade today, Howie Roseman, for a defensive player, which uh, that was probably the biggest question mark and issue with this team was the back end defensively, up the middle defensively. Yeah. So you add some more muscle and a tackle machine uh, via the trade. Uh, so, you know, I think ultimately this uh, Philadelphia team is getting right uh, and they're going to make a, a very yeah. loud yeah. and noisy stretch run, potentially, to yeah. another Super Bowl. We'll see. All right, he's Brad Evans. Great to talk to you, buddy. We'll hit a break here and back. We're about 30 minutes, 45 minutes away from kickoff at MGM tonight. Just bet, just bet MGM and probably a lot of other sports books. These are the bet MGM insights that are sitting here hoping that the Diamondbacks not only win today, but win game seven, because the Phillies are the second biggest liability. It goes Reds, Phillies, and then, well, your favorite team, the Yankees, of course. Yeah, the Yankees, they uh, they fool people. 
instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, I their money on their teams. That's why I do not advise it. I do not advise betting on a team that you want to see win with your heart because you will always get your heart and your wallet ripped out. It's it's gotten to the point now, though, where you can at least like you can watch these games and you can see teams that actually like you can look at the team and say, OK, I know that this is the better team. They look like the better team. But when you got the teams that are playing with house money, like the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, it still makes them dangerous. I'm with you. I'm on, I'm on the Astros in this tonight, but there's certainly the possibility that, you know, the Rangers at least make this a game. So, all right, we're down to less than 30 minutes before kickoff, Monday night football. It, it, what do you, I want to get some of the things that you're on now in case any prices move, because we'll look at the final, have a final look at all the props leading up to it. But any parlays, you know, well, I asked the question, like, we both have some, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm building one, a new one up I right now. I saw you over there cooking a little Christian bit. Christian McCaffrey to score any time. She's just got to keep the streak going. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the leather jacket. I don't care that his oblique is messed up. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to get into the end zone. Christian McCaffrey over 49 and a half receive, uh, rushing yards. Excuse me. That's just a very low alternate number that if he's in the game and he's not a decoy, I think he's going to hit. I'm going to take Brad Evans' suggestion of taking Alexander Madison props from the receiving yards perspective. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, you've got the San Francisco 49ers defensively against the run, one of the best in the business. Um, but he's right. You know, running backs are able to get out there in the flat, in the backfield, and catch some balls. You look at what he had last week, four receptions on seven targets. So he's getting the work. So Alexander Madison... For 28 yards. Alexander Madison, 20 receiving yards. And George Kittle, just 34 and a half receiving yards. I think that's a very doable number. Mm -hmm. That can be one catch for him. All you need is, a, you know, a defensive lapse by the Vikings. And let's be honest, you know, Brad, Brad made it seem like this Vikings defense was a lot better than they are. Right. No right. shade to my, our guy, Brad Evans. But let's not act like Daniil Hunter is, and he's been really good. Mm -hmm. He's been really good. He might get traded, too. Yeah, he might get traded. This defense hasn't been... That excellent. All of that plus 340, and you can end up getting a 50% same game parlay, and that ends up making it plus 510. I, I think like that's it. a very doable, yeah. very doable parlay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, this is that's the problem with some of these anytime touchdowns at this point in the season. A guy like a Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, the two first two that come to mind. There's just no value in betting it on its own. No. And there's also the risk, like at some point, and knock on wood, it doesn't happen tonight that that streak does come to an end, and Christian McCaffrey's held without a touchdown. Could be tonight, because I, I bet him. Well, but the thing is, though, you still it's still worth betting every it single is. week. You have to continue the trend. Mm -hmm. If you're worrying about the trend ending, you're never going to take it. Yeah, and that's, like, listen, at this point now it's been so profitable if you've been hitting it every single yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. Or even other, like, who cares? Like, Don't get in too late. Just continue to take it. Just keep going. And when it doesn't hit, continue go, to take go it. Go right back. It should be a bet that you make every single week if he's healthy because the way this offense runs and how important he is and the different ways that he can score on the ground as a receiver, whatever the case is. Like, it's Christian McCaffrey. Even if you do something simple and just parlay that in, like, a little two-legger, it's like with the money line, you're getting, like, plus 110ers. Like, whatever. Like, just still throw it in there. Uh, I'm, I'm on the 49ers over team total, 25.5. 49ers first half as well, minus 3.5. A half. couple of those. Those are really the only sides in this. I do have a bunch of props. Uh, Ayuka, I was 
exactly where Brad Evans was to over 71 and a half receiving yards for Brandon Ayuk. And I still like TJ Hawkinson, even against this uh, 49ers defense, over 50 and a half receiving yards. So do yards. I. He's just been come, he's now even more of a weapon, obviously, with Justin Jefferson out. So that's somebody that's been a real comfort zone for Kirk Cousins, and he's going to find ways to dink and dunk. I'm on your side with George Kittle, though, going over his receiving yeah, yards. I'm like, come on. Partially because of the fact that this is a very blitz-happy Vikings defense, but sometimes that can be at a disadvantage. Totally. And you can take an advantage if you have a tight end that can go out there and make plays over the middle. If you got linebackers blitzing, you got spots across the middle there. There's and you take openings advantage there, and I think George right. Kittle should be able to at least exploit that a little bit. So, yeah, I think th those are some, look, really quickly, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, George Kittle's on the same level in terms of the type of tight end that he is as Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. There's not that many tight ends that you could say are just absolutely dominant, right. need to take them week after week. Dallas Goddard's not the same level of player. No shade to Dallas Goddard, who I love. He's not the same guy as George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. No, no. And, and listen, it, there, you know, we, we, there's always a couple of tight ends, and the tight end positions evolved over the years in the NFL. We really started to see... I mean, obviously, Tony Gonzalez is one of the first that really comes to mind. Is like those great playmaking, pass-catching tight ends. Gronk. I mean, Antonio Gates was somebody who's oh, out yeah. there. Chargers. Jimmy Graham in his prime. And you start going down Can that list. Can you believe list he still play football? I, let me tell you something. Seeing that he was back with the Saints this year, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, he's still playing football. I had football. to look it up. I, I thought it was a joke the first time I saw that. When I was I said, like, what? Jimmy Graham has he scored a touchdown? And I'm like, click, 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 click. Is that Jimmy Graham Jr.? <laughs> no, that's how long it has Which, felt. You know, it's funny. How many times are we seeing players now where their kids are now in college? Or yeah, like Asante like Samuel. That make you feel old. God, it's the worst. I'm like, wow, I really am getting to be dusty. It's it, it and it's only yeah. Soon we're gonna see their grandkids out there playing. Oh you know? my, we can't we can't <laughs> do that. I don't, if we're I don't getting grandkids, we gotta just uh, pack it up. By the way, shout out. To my fr well, actually, I'll do it after the next All right. segment. That's a tease, I right? I got a there. shout out. See, that's perfect. That's what we call a tease. We are 20 minutes away from kickoff Monday Night Football. It's the Vikings, it's the 49ers. We're live from BetMGM National Harbor. It's BetMGM tonight.